Hi, I'm the Friendly Outsider, and after a journey of 20 years, I've just come back home. So what does that mean? Well, I'm not going to go into it a whole lot, the background of it, because I'll get into that in future podcasts. But to give you an idea of where I'm at in my life right now, well, I left Canada, my home, in the year 2000. And I went to Japan, I stayed 17 years, and then I moved to Sydney, Australia, and I spent two and a half years there. Um, So altogether, just shy of 20 years, but I left in 2000, and it is now 2020. It's actually January 1st, 2020, the start of a new year. So, this podcast is going to be about my thoughts and feelings upon returning to home, and and a lot about identity and self-improvement, and... uh, and understanding the world and sort of showing my way of looking at it, which is a little weird because I've been, I lived, spent 17 years in a culture that was drastically different than the one I grew up with. And then I spent another two and a half years in one that was quite similar, but different in its own way. So I've got, plus I'm just, I studied physics in university and I've done a lot of weird stuff. So I've got a bit of a different way of looking at the world. I'm a little eccentric, um, but I'm pretty cool with that. It's all good, all good in my hood. And so uh, so that's what I'm gonna talk about. So to give you an idea of where I'm at, like the, I guess if I were to give this podcast here a theme, it would probably be intention and expectation. Um, and the idea is, you know, all the time in life we wanna do something and it's good to wanna do things and when we're able to do them, it's great. But sometimes when you do it, it's not what you expect and, and uh, constant theme in my life over the past couple of months is learning to to roll with the expectations not being what they were and come up with uh well just ideally finding a way to enjoy what happens so that you know with that lack of expectation you can you can roll with the punches as it were and have a good time so uh to get a little more specific on where i'm at i was in working in australia in sydney until october 2019 I was employed as the technical director at a web development agency their name shall be left unsaid um it was a good job uh the boss and I had communication issues which is why in the end he decided I shouldn't work there anymore and hence I don't um but that's okay it was actually a good decision for me personally and I'll get to that um because it fits in with my expectations intentions kind of thing so I was working at this company, I was the technical director, Uh, it's what I do, I'm an IT guy, I get projects built, I solve problems, I talk tech stuff, I specialize in a software called Drupal, which I'm sure I'll mention more than once on this podcast, although I'll try not to get into it too much so it doesn't like go over people's heads, A, and B, just make their eyes glaze over and say, Jay, this is boring shit, or if I am going to do a Drupal specific podcast, I will make sure that it's mentioned very fast that this is not going to be everyone's cup of tea. So anyways, that's the software I specialize in. It's very high powered, it makes me quite employable, and uh, I actually quite like the work I do. I've spent a good bit of time making a name for myself in my community, the Drupal community, um, you know, helping others out with problems they have, because as I said, I'm a problem solver. So, I decided to pack up my life in Sydney. I've been away for 20 years, I've been thinking about coming home. Um, I wanna be close to my family as they get older and as I get older for that matter and uh, I have a son I would like him to to have a closer relationship with his grandparents and cousins and you know and my friends and their kids so after 20 years I decided it was it's like hey I'm gonna go back and be Canadian now this is a weird thing for me because I've always kind of placed myself in this role of the outsider you know, a lot of people, like for kids, like ostracism and being outcast is a bad thing. I never wanted to be ostracized and I always got along friendly with everyone, but I placed myself in the role of the outsider. I was always quite different as a kid. Um, you know, as you guys watch and listen to my podcast, you're going to see how my brain's a little... Uh, my thought perspective is unique to myself. And of course, just like everybody else, I'm unique. <laughs> so, um, anyways, now I lost my track of thought on that. Ah, so... I decided it was time to come back and it was interesting because, you know, I was the outsider in Canada because I just placed myself in that and then when I went to Japan, I spent 17 years literally as an outsider and in Japan they have this term gaijin and gaijin, it's a a pretty coarse term, I would rather a few people actually didn't repeat it much, Um, but gaijin, gai means outside and jin means person and it just means like a farmer and it's like, 
Uh, and the thing about the word is it's like any word, it depends on the intent. Some people will say, in Japan will say, Gaijin-san, which is like, they add san to it, which is an honorific. So it's kind of like taking a coarse word and adding an honorific and, I don't know. It's Anyways, um, there's another word, Gaikokujin, which means outside country person, which is a little less coarse and harsh on the ears. But anyways, back to Gaijin, because I am Gaijin, whether I like it or not, and people refer to me that way and always ha have and will again in the future. It means outside person, and for a lot of people, that's not a nice place to be. And for a lot of foreigners, especially those from multicultural countries like Canada, where I live and currently am, um, you know, if you live in the place and integrate and learn the language and take the citizenship, people will consider you of that country. You know, it's, you can become a Canadian, it's possible. But in Japan, it just doesn't work that way. I could be in Japan my entire life and speak Japanese very well, and I already do communicate in Japanese. Like, very, well, I mean, I communicate in Japanese. Um, and I could take on Japanese citizenship, but I'd always still be not Japanese. Not, I mean, and it, I wouldn't be Japanese in their eyes, but you can look at it in another perspective. You know, if I take a Japanese passport to customs in, you know, the, in the States or something like that, or wherever, take away my example because I don't want to bias this to anything. If I were to go into any country as me, a very, very white person, uh, and a Japanese passport, I'm going to get a second look every single time. I'm going to get like passport, look, passport, look, passport. It's going to happen. I'm okay with that. Well, I mean, I never took Japanese citizenship, so I don't need to be okay with that. But that's the point. I would be okay with that, actually. I'm the outsider. I'm cool with it. Except that you, when I'm traveling, what I really don't want is a hassle because that's when they can make your life a real hassle. So, um, Although, to get into it a little more, the reason I never took Japanese citizenship was because one of the requirements of Japanese citizenship is that you give up your foreign citizenship. And that's, uh, you know... For me, being Canadian has always been my first priority. It's uh, what I am, it's who I am, and it's who I have always strongly identified with. And part of this journey coming back home is because even though I do strongly identify with being Canadian, I've sort of lost track of which parts of me are the Canadian parts. I've been out and about for 20 years and, and you know, interacting with people of different nationalities and races and languages in different countries. and. Uh, and I've added a lot onto myself, and so I started off with some stuff that was just J, and I had other stuff that was Canadian, and then I added a bunch of other stuff, and so now it's like, who and what I am. In regards to where I am, I'm getting a bit of rain on me here right now, so I'm gonna put up my hood. Um, rain in Vancouver, who would've figured? Who would've thunk as my grandma who lived just up the road, we used to say. So, um, yeah, I'm the outsider, and that's why this podcast is the friendly outsider, because I'm the outsider with the smile, and I love to chat with people, and I like to talk with people, but I do definitely ha place myself in this role of the outsider, and I, I've always kind of realized it, but sometimes you need a good friend. Mine was the sensei, aka Rob, um, Robert the Beck. Yeah. He pointed it out to me that I, I put myself in this position just recently and you know it's one of those things where someone points out something about yourself and if you're open and objective to it you kind of go, huh, I do do that. And so I'm kind of trying to embrace it is what I'm really trying to do. And, and so in Japan I was the outsider and I, was really, I realized now since then that's why I was very successful in Japan is because I was able to, to integrate into the society to some degree. Um, and integration is a weird word because I did integrate. I talked with the neighbors, they, you know, I was just a, another neighbor except that I also was foreign. And anytime it would come to like in-group and out-group, which are major concepts in Japanese, and it was in regards to being Japanese, I was out-group. But in the neighborhood, I was in-group because I was a member of the neighborhood. So I did integrate and I did speak Japanese. But nevertheless, every meeting starts off with, uh, oh, you speak Japanese very well. I went through that for 20 years, and you know, it's it's a nice compliment at first, and I think most people have good intention when they say it, but you know, it does kind of run itself dry after a certain period of time. Although now that I've been overseas, it's a nice party trick. You know, bust out some Japanese people are like, whoa, you speak Japanese really good, and I'm not gonna lie, it's it, it's fun to do, but it's a party trick. I mean, Japanese doesn't really serve me a big purpose right anymore overseas, except for talking with people I know who only speak Japanese, and, and also sometimes meeting some new Japanese tourists and stuff. But I digress. So, 
to regress <laughs> back onto the story. Um, next, I moved to Australia. In Australia, again, I, I somewhat chose that because I wasn't ready to come back to Canada. It's like, oh my God, after being the outsider for 17 years and being in a drastically different place, you know, Canada, going back to Canada was, I don't want to say scary because I could have done it, but not right, that's for sure. And, uh, and, which is why I didn't do it, is what it comes down to. Um, and so instead, I found a job, a good job, what I thought, in Australia. Stry Australia. And uh, I spent two and a half years there, and it was a good period of time to integrate to being back in the West, even though I actually went... I went east from Japan, or I went south from Japan to go back to the west. <laughs> um, but, you know... Uh, it was a good experience. I didn't have a great experience in Australia. It wasn't a good two and a half years for me overall, insofar as the things I experienced and whether you would look at them as fun and good or not fun and not good. And more of them were the latter than the former. That said, I did have a few um, good experiences. And uh, I, met, I did make some like really good friends here. Shout out to Elliot, shout out to Nathan and, uh, and some of the others. And, I, one of the biggest takeaways I got from Australia was in a period of stress, I decided to do some yoga classes, just not as a lark. I mean, I'm serious about it, but like, just as like, ah, I'm going to try this and see what happens, you know, without any real expectation, which back to the, the key words of this podcast, there's an expectation one. I, I didn't go in there with any expectation. My intention, I guess, was just to try something new. I listened to a lot of the Joe Rogan podcasts and he's always talking about doing new stuff and yoga was one of the things he talked about. So I was like, all right, I'll give this yoga thing a shot. And uh, that was in October 2018 I started, and I got hooked. I'm really, really, really into yoga. I do it most days, even just a little bit of stretching, if not five minutes. But I, well, in, in Sydney, I was trying to go to a class every day, most days at the end. Um, and I was going most days. Uh, it's been a little disruptive as I am changing countries, but I love it. And... You know, I love it for me. It's not for everyone by any means, but you know, you try different things and everyone I think tries things and then they find often, not everyone, but a lot of people find one that really hits and that's their, their thing. And so I've been doing yoga for over a year now and so it's more of a lifestyle than uh, a hobby now at this point. It's what I do. And the reason I go into that is because it has relevance in that when uh, I was decided that I was not going to be employed anymore and I was decided I was going to come back to Canada, I was like, okay, well, I don't have to be back in Canada soon, and it's December-ish, and it's cold in Canada, although, you know, I, I, it's December right now, and I'm cold, but I'm not freezing, but I decided to wait out the winter in Southeast Asia, and some of Asia, and Japan, and then head back to Canada a little, a little into the year, in March is what I was thinking. So that brings us to the story. Intentions and expectations. So my intention is to move back to Canada. My expectation was to move back to Canada through Southeast Asia, exit Japan, and come to Canada and start a new life. And as to what comes after that, I mean, I can talk about that a different day or not because this podcast is going to be for some things and not others. But at the moment, it's, it's not. It's not part of the story. But I, was, I, was, I have some ideas about what I do when I get back here. Um, because I'm an IT guy, I, you know, I do IT stuff and Canada is quite booming in the IT industry right now so I think I'm all good so I decided I was gonna go do some yoga on the beach and valley for how long I don't know I was gonna go for two days for four weeks you know if I had to I, I think a visa is only good for a month so I probably would have had to leave for a month after a month at least to get a new visa but I was gonna stay up till two or three months and then head to Japan, see some old friends, and uh, and eat some good Japanese food, because I love Japanese food in Japan. Well, I mean, I've had some good Japanese food outside Japan too, but Japan's where I know how to eat, and it's just a good eating country. So, um, I was going to go to Japan and then come back to Canada. That was my intention. And so, you know, as plans start to come together, start to see who's going to be where and doing what, my friend, my very close friend, Ern, shout out to Ern, is, uh, was going to be in Singapore for... Christmas Day onwards for five or six days. So I was gonna go to Singapore and hang out with my very good friend. I mean, we're close buddies. Uh, he's a Vancouver boy himself, but he's been in Japan for a number of years. 
and we we're gonna have some good food and some drink and then we were going to go and then the next day on December 26th what we call Boxing Day in Canada and Australia and I think England too but I'm not entirely sure about that but Boxing Day I was gonna fly to to Bali and I was gonna spend some time working on myself and on a personal project that I've been building, like an IT, uh, a web project I've been building on the side to, to make my money and hopefully fund my future. And um, that was my intention. My expectation was that I was going to do that. That was my base expectation. On that, I was going to do some surfing in Bali, something I've always wanted to try. I was going to get a bunch of cheap massages because you can get a lot of cheap massage in Bali. And I was just gonna kind of work on myself. Um, I've been in a, not been in a place to spend some time back and do some self personal development and work on, on some issues of mine. And you know, the older I get and the more relationships I have with different people, I realize that I'm a flawed individual, just like everyone. I'm unique like everyone. That I got my own flaws, and I'm trying to. And I uh, I want to work on some of those and make myself into a better person. And um, both for my own satisfaction and also like uh, you know part of being the outsider is you're a bit of an example to everyone who's not the outsider and and I've always tried to serve as a good example to some degree you know when I was out and about in the world as a Canadian I tried to spread the good Canadian word and which just meant being friendly to people and being nice and listening and agreeing or disagreeing but in a polite way and uh, and you know those are at least what I saw as core Canadian values so that was my intention. So it came time, I was packing up my house, my whole life in Australia, which of course is a busy time. I'm selling everything. Facebook Marketplace worked good for me. I, I hate to put a Facebook plug out there, but you know, they, it, the Facebook Marketplace was excellent for selling all my stuff. I got basically the prices I wanted on most things. And that's about all I need to say about that. But I was coordinating lots of people. I'm getting stuff in and out. I'm like basically slimming down everything I want because it's really expensive to move stuff across seas. And after having only been there two and a half years and not even knowing how long I'm coming back to Canada for, like, I mean, I love Canada and I'm excited to be here, but you know, realistically, it's a big world out there and there's a lot more I want to see of it but uh you know I didn't want to ship a bunch of stuff back to Canada especially since all the stuff we had we sold everything off before we went to Australia and you know so there's nothing I particularly had attachment to and you know I, I know it on on stuff like I've sold off everything I own three times now I sold off everything once to go to Japan but I saved some of it, I left it with my parents. Then when I left Japan, I sold off everything I owned again, but I left some of it, you know, at a couple people's houses. And then I left Australia, and I realized when I left Australia, one, I didn't have anywhere to leave any of my crap, particularly because I wasn't really planning on going back. I mean, I, I'm not gonna say I'm never planning on going back, but I had zero plans to go back. Whereas, you know, Japan and Canada, I always knew I would be going back to, so leaving stuff at the houses was, uh, it made sense. Um, although, you know, not for the people at whose homes I left stuff at, <laughs> um, but ignoring that point of it, you know, stuff is just stuff. And the first time in Canada was the hardest because I loved a lot of my stuff. I had like a full two bedroom house full of stuff with like nice stereo TV, couch, blah, 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 stuff. And I had an attachment to it, but it was always a pain at the butt to move. And when I moved to Japan, I all of a sudden only had a guitar and a suitcase and a backpack. It was like, wow, this feels good. Not having to worry about stuff and not having, like being easy, easily able to just go somewhere. And it was, it was refreshing and revealing. Fast forward 17 years into, or into Japan and I got a three-story house full of stuff. But even so, you know, I always kept that feeling of, you know what, stuff is just stuff. And I like stuff, some stuff more than other stuff. And stuff, some stuff is more required and important than other stuff. Like my computer makes me money. You know, it's how I make my living on the internet. So without a computer, I'm in a bad spot. And so that's stuff that I place a little more value in. But, uh, but in the end, it's just a computer. I mean, I use Mac and I like Macs and I'm happy to say I like Macs, but not because I have anything, you know, any affinity to Apple or anything. And they make good products, so I use it. But when someone else makes a better one, I'll be gone. So anyways, uh, to get back to what I was trying to say there, um, putting on some mittens while I'm sitting here because it's Canada and it's a little chilly to say the least. Oh, sorry. Bad camera, bad camera. I'm new at this. I'm a rookie. Well, I'm a rookie video editor. So, uh, I gotta come back to what I was saying. Stuff. It's just crap. All of it. 
I mean, it's handy stuff. Some stuff is better than other stuff, but you know, it's still just stuff. So I sold it all off again. I scaled all my possessions down to two suitcases, a box that I shipped, a guitar, and a bicycle, my mountain bike. And you know, people keep saying to me, it must be a nice bike. It's not actually that nice of a bike. It's a decent bike, but it's my bike. And it's how I said, like some things I do place more value in. It's a bike that I've worked on and uh, owned and put like 6,000 kilometers on by now, I'm sure. It's my commuting machine. And so it was, it was worth it for me to ship it. So I was gonna ship them to Canada for $1,150. I sent one box and I was gonna carry my two suitcases to Bali and I was gonna have, or actually I was even thinking about sending one more box to Canada and only have one suitcase to Bali. That was my intention, go to Singapore, eat food, Bali, New Year's Day, yoga on the beach, surfing, eating you know, healthy, good food. This was my intention. My expectation was that it was gonna happen. The realistic thing was is that it didn't happen, so. Why not? Well, let's move forward a little bit further. So, um, well, we're talking about intentions and expectations. No, I'll move on forward. So, um, well, no, I am gonna go with that. So, I get everything packed up out of my house. Oh, uh, no, 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 I am gonna go. So, I go to buy travel insurance. Sorry about that. I may edit that out, but I probably won't because that's a pretty, uh, good reflection into who I am as a being, pretty scattered in my brain. So I'm going to Bali, I need travel insurance. I have a wife and a son, they've already moved on to Japan ahead of, uh, you know, ahead before I left Australia. So, but I still have to take care of them. I have obligations, financial, and, and you know, I talk to them every, like, well, not every day, but I talk to them a bunch, right? Like, uh, um, so I need insurance. I can't afford to travel without insurance because if I get hurt, that impacts on their ability to live. So I take these obligations seriously. Um, and I try to buy a travel insurance. And the first question I ask you on the web, well, first I research who do I want, who's good, what, what as a Canadian, what agent or what travel agent should I use, blah, 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 blah. And then I go to buy travel insurance. And the first question they ask you is what country, what resident, or what country are you a resident of? Now, quick note on residency and citizenship. These are not the same thing. A lot of people think they are. And, uh, and a lot of people actually would just say, your address, where's your address? Well, your address is in a country, and that's your country of residence. You may or may not be a citizen of that country. So for example, when I was in Japan, my address was in Japan, and you know I was on Japanese, um, like I had to pay taxes there and the medical system and stuff like that. So I was a resident of Japan, but still a citizen of Canada. And same when I went to Australia, I'm still a citizen of Canada, but I was a resident of Australia. But to be entitled to be a resident of a country, you need a visa. And as I was leaving Australia, I was giving up my visa, which I had to for financial reasons. It's not good to really maintain a residence in a country that you're not a resident of, I've discovered over the years. Um, and so I was giving up my visa, but that meant I wouldn't be a resident of Australia. So what country was I resident of? Because I don't have an address, well, anywhere. Except in Vancouver, kind of, at my cousin's house where I, I'm going to be staying. But So I uh, phoned the travel agency. I realized this is not something to be done on the internet. Because, you know, you could say, well, just, just use an address. Like, just use your mom's address or your cousin's address. And yeah, that's all fine and dandy until you get into a uh, $50,000 problem. And they start to dig in a little deeper. And they're like, hey, you weren't eligible because you weren't actually a resident of Canada when you did that. So I phoned them because this is the kind of situation where you want to be up and up front legit so that you don't get your claims denied after the fact. And it turned out that I was correct in my realization that I was not a resident of any country. And what that turned into is more of a bit of a problematic situation was that I needed to be one <laughs> to get insurance. And so in the drop of a hat, this literally happened Friday morning and Friday afternoon. I bought tickets to Canada and then to Bali. So a ticket from Sydney to Vancouver and then another ticket from Vancouver to Bali, Indonesia. Four days after that, I would leave, leave and arrive, leave Sydney and arrive in Canada on the 26th on Boxing Day, the day I was supposed to be going to Bali. And then on the 31st, I'd fly out of Vancouver to Bali. Sorry, I got cut off there because I'm a rookie. I hope I recorded that. So anyways, therefore my intention to what to go to Singapore and the Valley was not met. And so this is where the idea of intention and expectation comes in. Like, you know, um, they say to drop your expectations. And if I, if I had like 
with stress. You know, the uh, what's normal is to freak out about that. Like, uh, I'm trying to keep this uh, non-explicit podcast, so I'll leave the swearing out for now. But you can imagine the swearing things that were going through my head, or maybe you can't if you're the type of person for whom I'm filtering this out. But either way, I wasn't all that happy about it because I really wanted just to go to Bali and do some yoga on the beach. But you know. You got to find the good in life or you don't got to, but it makes life a little easier. And if you've ever heard someone say you choose happiness, well, I believe that's true. You do choose happiness and it's looking at the glasses half full and it's actually an active mindset. It's not one that you can really do passively. I think some people do without realizing it, but I think for most people, you have to actively work on that, like find the good stuff. So I did. So I looked at it. Okay. It was going to cost me $1,150 to ship my bike and my guitar to Canada and it was going to take months and you know, who knows how they get beat around or whatever. Instead, I, could, I bought a ticket for $1,450, 300 more than, my, than it was going to cost me and I got to bring my bike and my guitar to Canada. So, it's like, great. And then, my yoga teachers invited me for a Christmas dinner at their place, which was really nice of them. It was the, their orphans yoga, or sorry, orphans Christmas for people who didn't have uh, family in Sydney. It was so nice of them. Like, because at this point, I hadn't really even thought about what I was going to do for Christmas. But, you know, when I, because I was so busy moving out and dealing with everything else, I really actually had, and I just, it's weird. Christmas in Australia is weird because that buildup, there's no cold. So for my, my brain doesn't mentally, I was there three, three Christmases and I never really got used to the idea that all of a sudden it was Christmas. And everyone, I was like, cause you know, people start saying happy, Merry Christmas. And like the initial thought in my head is what the, is it? <laughs> and I, I have to refresh it in my brain. And it's, I never got used to that in Australia. But, um, so it was coming up for Christmas and I didn't realize, but then uh, my yoga teacher extended the invitation and she was so cool. She was taught my first class. Here's the Carmen, Carmen at Moto Yoga in, in Sydney. My, uh, I miss you guys. But anyways, uh, she taught my first class and, and she taught my last class, which I'm going to talk about in a few minutes. Um, and she, you know, she invited me along for yoga and it was, it was really touching because I hadn't had time to think about it, but after she invited me, it's like, oh yeah, it's Christmas. And actually that's really nice. Everyone else is getting ready to do family stuff and everything. And like my family's already gone out of the country and blah, blah, blah. And my other friends, like they, you know, they have like their own family and stuff. And it was really cool of her. And so my last day in, in, in Australia ended up unexpectedly being Christmas. I was supposed to leave the day before, um, you know, to see my friend. And that's what I was going to do for Christmas. And so, uh, And so by dropping my expectation, like, and where by this, I mean, if I had a focus on, oh, I didn't get to go see Ern in Sydney and just got all depressed about that, I would have been all depressed about that. Uh, Instead, I was invited and I was like, instead of being like too depressed to go, I actually, which I, I mean, I wasn't when she extended the invitation right away. I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, and I went to, to Christmas with them. And the thing about, uh, Carmen Sensei, that's what I call her. She's a vegan. And so it was a vegan Christmas because she was cooking, which was, uh, I thought that was pretty cool because I eat, I mean, I essentially eat a vegan diet with some chicken in it and meat and seafood. So like, I mean, I'm an omnivore, but I eat a very, um, plant-based diet but I'm an omnivore, so it's like very plant focused. Maybe that's a better word, I don't know. I don't know if they have a word for what I do these days because I don't care about that kind of lingo. I'm not particularly woke. And you you can probably tell that by the fact that I had to put that in an air quote. (laughs) But anyways, uh, vegan Christmas dinner. It was an excellent day. There were really cool people. Some other really cool people came, played a bit of guitar, played with a a beautiful dachshund. Nice dog. That dog was awesome. And like sat, we, the, it was like a nice summer day in Sydney and we were on the 15th floor in a building. And so we were looking out like the table was half extended out onto the deck and it was like a nice view with trees and smoke, <laughs> lots of smoke from the bushfires, although it had cleared up a bit that day. So, um, and I made, you know, we were like kind of friendly before that point, but I made some new friends and, um, it felt really good. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things too. It's like, make new friends on the last day at a place. Murphy's Law is, is the law of my life at the moment right now. But anyways, so I uh, left Sydney the next day and I flew 24 hours of travel to get to Vancouver. It was 20 hours of flight and four hours of layover in Xi'an, China. And well, 
20 hours of flying is not the best thing. Although that said, it's the first time I've ever flown since I really got into yoga. And every two hours I went to the back of the plane and did a bit of stretching and it felt like when I got off the plane, I wasn't hurt sore at all. It felt actually fine. Like, so it's interesting traveling with this yoga mindset, even, even, um, like packing and stuff like that, like having, because in yoga you do these weird poses and you hold them for a while and then you lift yourself up a weird way and you hold that for a while and everything. So you, uh, one of the things I've started to think of yoga as being, like I was, when I first started, I was like, what, what is this? Like, what is yoga? I mean, I'm doing it, but I didn't really get, I was just following what they were saying because I figured if you're going to do it right, that's how you have to do it. But I wasn't clear on what it was I was even doing. And one of the things I've kind of come to realize is yoga is getting or getting comfortable with being uncomfortable or getting comfortable with being in uncomfortable positions. And I think this is why it's so beneficial in other parts of life too, because you know, you get uncomfortable in the yoga studio and you learn how to like stay there and keep yourself calm. And that helps with keeping calm. Like, like when your boss is firing you from your job for one. Um, so, and I was very calm in that situation. And I, the thing is, is actually, I think the yoga's kept me together the whole time through it. Like the mindset, it's kept me like feeling positive and um, it's given me the tools to deal with the stresses I've been over. Like suddenly finding out I wasn't going directly to Bali and I wasn't going to be spending Christmas day with my good friend, eating awesome Singapore food in the stalls and drinking and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, to move on from that. So while I'm moving on, so I pack up my whole place. It's crazy busy. This is even before Christmas. The day before Christmas, I, it, it's, I'm in an Airbnb for like three nights. I got to check out the day before Christmas because I was supposed to go to Singapore, but now I'm not going to Singapore or to, I'm not leaving the country for two more days. So I got to book a flight for the 20, or my flight was for the 26. So I needed two more days and I couldn't extend my, my Airbnb. So I had to check out at 11 o'clock and go to a new Airbnb. So I got all my stuff ready because I'd moved out of my place. I had my two, I had my bike box, my guitar, my two suitcases and, it was, and some other loose stuff because I hadn't, you know, I still slightly in disarray because I'd only just checked out of my other place the day before with a handful of stuff that I had to bring with me. And, um, and so it's Tuesday, it's the day before Christmas. The yoga studio is closed on Christmas day and the next day and I, and you know, I'm leaving in two days so it doesn't really matter. So this is my last chance to go to a yoga class and it was my last chance to go with Carmen who, ah, she's just been a great person to me for the last year, been like a real like kind soul and, and, and given me a lot of good perspective. And so I really wanted to go to her class and it's from 10 o'clock to 11. And you know, I, I, even after 17 years in Japan where you check out on the dot, I was like, I'm, I'm becoming more Western, you know, I'm getting back into it. It's been a long time. And so I'm, I'm trying to like do this, right? Try new things. So I was like, well, okay, yoga goes to 11. It's like a 15 minute bike right away. Realistically, I'm going to stay there for another 15 minutes. I'll be back 1130 ish. And, and so I, you know, I, I got back about 1130 ish and I, you know, I'm ready to check out and go to my next Airbnb. I got a plan. I'm going to lock my bike to a pole and take all my stuff in an Uber and then come back and pick up my bike later. And I go and I punch in the code to get to my Airbnb and I hit the button to enter and it goes red and says denied. You don't get to go into the room where all your worldly possessions are. <laughs> and you're in your sweaty yoga crap. <laughs> uh, well, intentions and expectations my intention was to go get all my stuff my expectation was that the door was going to be unlocked the realism was realistically the door wasn't unlocked and the guy had set the code to change at a certain time okay well you know i'm pretty decent with processing stuff and you know as i said yoga helps with that so i decided okay got to get a hold of the landlord figure out how on the airbnb connection page to get the landlord's phone number phone him goes right to voicemail Huh. Wait a few minutes, try again, write to voicemail. I'm like, okay, well, this is not looking good. So I phone Airbnb, they try and call them, blah, blah. I wait like an hour on the doorstep with my battery quickly draining because my phone is a little older and going, huh. And Airbnb calls me back and they say, we can't get a hold of him. He's not reading our messages because they can see that, right? It's like, okay, so now I got a problem. <laughs> Battery's dying. I'm still just in my sweaty stuff. What is my inventory? Bicycle next airbnb that's kind of inventory i got a, a ticket for the next airbnb so i contact the girl and i'm running late because i asked her for an early check-in because i knew that i was gonna have to be out of this place early and she said yeah and so i was like do you have an iphone charger and she said yeah i said and then, so i told her my situation she went and checked me in really cool let me into the apartment but uh you know we're in the elevator and i'm like i'm just gonna stand back from you because i'm still wearing my gross sweaty yoga clothes 
Uh, but then I went in, I showered, washed my yoga clothes, sat around in a towel, then uh, charged my phone. <laughs> Did all the stuff of the modern day. And then, um, and then I wrote up a note and, that said, hey, I was staying in this Airbnb last night and all my stuff was inside. If you're staying here tonight, can you call me? And I rode my bike over there, stuck it on the door. Then I took care of some stuff, had an app, blah, blah. So fortunately, in the evening, 7 o'clock p.m., where I'm starting to get a little panicky, well, let's start with the little panicky part. I'm talking Airbnb. I'm like, what's your guys' contingency plan for this? Because everything I own in the world is on the other side of that door. And they, they're like, well, we don't exactly. I, well, I don't know. Maybe the person didn't know. And I, I can't say they didn't have one. But she's like, I got to figure it out what we're going to do. This isn't some the standard thing, I'm sure. Because they still can't get a hold of the guy. And I can't. And so I got a mail from them like 7 o'clock. And they said something along the effects of use legal means to get into the place and we'll, or something you know they whatever it was i felt it was enough to legally absolve me of responsibility if i got into the place and so i um called a locksmith and this guy says you know what suburb and i tell him what suburb and uh, i was like look here's the story mate and he's like mate i don't have time for the story i'll see you there i was like okay <laughs> so I told him where we were I texted him the address and I and then I was gonna meet him there you know like 10 less than 10 minutes later I get a phone call it's like all right Jay I'm at the place I'm like okay and 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 then the person's talking something's not adding up I'm like and because I said something I made a response and they seemed like they were, didn't know what I was talking about and I was like so I said wait is this the locksmith no, we're staying at an Airbnb and there was a note on the door from you that said your stuff was inside and your stuff's inside. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. So I got all my stuff. So in the end, I got it. So, you know, I could have freaked. Well, I did freak out a little bit. Well, I didn't totally freak out, but I was getting like, I was running scenarios. Like, am I just going to have to crash my shoulder through the door and leave it busted open and like send in my credit card number afterwards from Canada? I don't know. I didn't even know. I was like, am I going to get arrested? If I get arrested, can I still get to Bali? I was, I had a million things running through my head. But uh, anyways, the plan came through in so far as putting the note on the door and the guys got me my stuff which is pretty cool I gotta say so Christmas happens the next day great Christmas as I said then the next day I come to Canada and I get to Canada and it's cold as I thought Vancouver but Vancouver is probably one of the warmest cities in Canada and it's not that cold I mean I'm, I am I had to put on mitts halfway through this podcast because I'm sitting in one spot and, and the sun's going down but um it's, it's chilly here and I'm, I'm underdressed. I have a lot of t-shirts and I sent all my long sleeves by box, but that, by C-mail that'll take two to three months. So that kind of sucked. Um, but in the meantime, um, I got some clothes. I had a few warm clothes because I brought a couple of all my hoodies. I was going to originally ship them and then since I was coming to Canada, I brought them here. So I'm doing okay. It is chilly though. Um, and so I'm here without expectation, but then I get here. And so first off, it's like, okay, four days I ping a couple people I know hey I'm, I'm coming back to Canada and I hope that someone's got a place for me to stay and I get a lot of sofa offers because you know everyone else has already got people coming because it's the Christmas season it's the day after Christmas through New Year's of course no one's got anywhere to stay and uh and I didn't know what was going to happen but my my cousin offered her sofa and she's family and I love her and She's been really good to me all these years, and she's family, so I was going to stay with at her place. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting to be an older man, and if you look, you can see a good bit of gray coming into my beard. Mid-40s, um, starting to get bags under my eyes when I don't sleep enough. Like, uh, I didn't really want to sleep on the sofa at my cousin's for the whole time because, you know, it's just, uh, it's hard. And, but I was going to do it because I had to be in Canada for four days to get insured. And I'm not going to bother going into the insurance details. Basically, by coming back to Canada, I was able to get insurance. Let's just leave it at that. Um, and the Christmas morning, I wake up to a message on Facebook from my friend Joanne, who I told I was coming. And she's like, I've got an apartment for you to stay at for four days. Or for, while you need it, you know, for those days. And like, oh, it's just such a nice thing to wake up to. Like, and it's so nice to know that I have friends in the world who will give up their apartment for me like you know I, 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 I'm not gonna go into the details I think she'd actually be happy if I did because she's pretty stoked on what she set up and it's a pretty cool setup but uh, regardless 
I don't have her permission, so I'm not gonna. But basically, I got an apartment for a few days, and it, it was just so nice to like have a friend. Like, it, it's like a safety net, like, and, and you know, to, I'll just have some place to stay, but also just like an emotional safety net. Like, come, I want to come home to Canada to be close to my friendly family and be close to my friends, and to have both my family reach out with a sofa because they had someone staying in their extra room, um, and my friend reach out with an apartment. It was just like, it's. It'll make a feel, guy feel pretty good inside, for sure. Because um, that's like what matters in life, right? Like your family and your friends, like, I don't know. I guess that's for everyone to decide on their own. For me, that's what matters in life. Family, friends, I mean, I was talking about stuff earlier. Stuff doesn't mean anything. And like money, I wish I had a whole whack of it right now, but I don't. But, I, you know, hopefully someday I will. And, uh... But you know what? The money's money. It makes it easier to not be unhappy. Um, and what else? Love. Love is a big one, but that's family and friends, right? So we're back to that. Like, I mean, family and friends are just really the... I mean, of course, you need food and shelter. And my family and friends were providing shelter and food. They've been feeding me, too. Like, so... It was a good feeling knowing I was coming back to that. And even just like one day in, I was like, ah, oh. you know, I saw an old friend and we had good food and I met her child and, and, uh, and her ex-partner and who, who was really good to me and has been a new friend. Like, it's, um, it's a good feeling. I had a great four days. And also, though, I had a bunch of free time because, of course, everyone already has, like, their their plans for whatever they're doing and stuff to do. And, I mean, I'm just showing up. So it's not like I have time. Everyone made time for me. Like, I'm, well, not everyone because I didn't have time to see everyone. But I, I had, you know, I was able to see some and people did make time for me and, and fed me. And we had food and and sheltered me. And it was really great. And uh, it's excellent time. But I had a bunch of spare time. So I spent, a, you know, a couple of time in a couple of lounges, you know, because... As a traveler, that's what you do sometimes. It's a good way to pass the time and meet people who are on their own travels or, or just ready to chat because, you know, everyone's hanging out in a lounge. And, of course, you get some dark people in the corner who just want to be left to themselves. And you get other people who are a little more friendly and open, like one, like your, myself here. Um, and so I was chatting with a couple people, and I had a chat one night at the lounge with this uh, British guy. Shout out to Rab. Um, and he was a pretty good dude. I liked chatting with him. He you know, it's interesting. So we were, I was talking about his accent, about how his accent must like, you know, I, I was the outsider in Japan and then in Australia and the accent, I rode that wave a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I mean, that's how you place yourself as the outsider. Say something and you're, you know, right away, your accent shows that you're not one of those people and it makes for an easy way to open up conversation and stuff like that. Um, and so I was talking with Rab about that. Now, give this guy credit some people are quicker than others he said I was like yeah so I'm coming back to Canada it's weird because I'm going to be the insider now I'm going to be inside and he says yeah but after 20 years away you'll still be the outsider and I'm like ah, you got me on that man so and I, I I'm not gonna lie I'm playing off on that role a little bit which is why you're listening to this podcast called the friendly outsider I mean I definitely I'm, I'm trying to what's that word they put in the last few years lean into it I'm trying to lean into it so um that was cool. I had a good conversation with him. And it's interesting to talk to a guy who's new in his travels into a new land. He's been in Canada for two years. And I laughed because he said something about being away so long. I was like, how long have you been away? Two years. I was like, I'm just thinking, child, I was away for longer than that just this time since I last came back to visit. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not going to say stuff like that because I try not to be an asshole. And one of my things I'm trying to do these days is be a... Uh, just friendly and and kind to people and I mean I wasn't even thinking it in a negative way to him I, I think even just saying that sounds the wrong way but I'm an introspective individual and that's the kind of ramblings I go on at times so um the next day I go into this and it's when I had the conversation with that girl I mentioned that in a different podcast so I went into it but it was awesome because she was Canadian and she was from Vancouver and we had such a good talk it gave me so much to think about Canada and and uh and being Canadian and just the way we, re we resolved the one indifference we had it was so Canadian and it was really awesome and like I felt invigorated after that conversation I was fired up um it was good and then, you know, I did some other stuff, saw some old friends and ate some food and passed out on their sofa all messed up. <laughs> it 
which is something I do. And then, uh, so then it came time to go to Bali. I'm on my way to Bali. I'm so stoked. I got insurance. I got a ticket to, to Bali. I'm going to go to yoga on the beach. I got a 30 hour flight ahead of me, 12 hour layover in China. I'm not stoked on the trip, but you know, traveling is, is just something that happens and I get packed up and Joanne drives me to the airport and I go line up and I stand in line for an hour and a half because this airline wasn't very good with their lines. No shout out to B Airlines, which is absolute crap. Um, and I get to the front of the line and I'm like, okay. And I tell them, they're like, okay, so when are you leaving Bali? I was like, well, I don't know. I'm going to stay for, I might only stay for a couple of days. I'm going to stay for like a few weeks. I think I have to be out within a month because of my visa. They're like, well, no, where's your ticket to go out of Bali? I'm like, well, I don't have one yet. I'm like, well, you need, you need a return ticket. I was like, well, I got a ticket from Japan to Canada in February. I mean, I'm not staying in Bali. And they're like, well, no, you need a ticket from Bali. I'm like, well, I don't. I don't know how and I don't know how I'm leaving Bali. You can go by boat, you can go by plane, you can go by like all sorts of different things. Like, and turns out they decided I needed a plane ticket out of Bali, or or a bus, or anything to show I was leaving Indonesia. And I didn't have one, so I'm scrambling. I'm like, oh man, I'm trying to buy a plane ticket, but the problem is, is my credit card is tied to my phone number in Australia, which I don't have anymore because I let it lapse because I left Australia. So I can't get the like the pin code to complete the purchase. So I try my Japanese credit card, but it's always never worked well overseas. It's just like a backup app. It doesn't work. I'm like, ah, I got a Citibank credit card. It doesn't work for some reason. Right then, I'm like messaging Ernie. I'm like, dude, I'm I am. Beep. I'm gonna beep that one out there. I'm in a bad position, man. And like, he's trying to ask me what's going on, and I'm scrambling to buy a ticket. I'm just like, can't talk. And then all my credit cards fail. I'm like, quick. I phone him, tell me your credit card number. And as a testament to how good of a how good of friends I have and how good of a friend he is, the guy gives me his credit card number, the CVV number, everything right there. And then he asks for a username and password. And he gives me the username and password and it doesn't work. He's like, I gotta go check it, I'll be back. And while he was checking it, they came over and they said, you sir are out of luck. No, of course they didn't say it no, that, that way, but that's what they told me. They said, you're not going to, you're not getting onto this airplane, mister. And hence my expectations once again had to be tempered because I wasn't going to Bali. So this is two tickets to Bali. Not only that, it's midnight in Vancouver. It's a little cold in the airport. Um, I'm not going to Bali and I tried calling Joanne because she dropped me off. But, you know, I've already been there like in line for an hour and a half and I've dealt with this. It's been like over two hours or about two hours since she dropped me off. There's no answer. She's asleep like a normal human being. It's almost midnight. Um... And I'm like, what am I gonna do? And I, I my, you know, my cousin, she goes to bed at like nine o'clock herself. And uh, and so, decided I was just, this was my problem, and probably my fault, because I'm sure that somewhere there was something I could have checked that would have said, hey, you need an onward ticket from Bali, which is pretty common in the entire planet. Uh, if I had uh, taken the time to look at that, I probably could have saved myself this issue. So, here I am in Canada. Yeah, and it's January 1st. I ended up spending a very unexpected, I had, I unexpectedly had New Year's Eve. Let's start off with that because I was planning on being on an airplane where at some point I was going to fly over a spot at which it was midnight and then an hour, like 30 minutes later I was going to fly over another spot where it was not yet midnight or something or I don't even know. But anyways, I wasn't expecting, and by the time I landed it was well after midnight and wherever I was landing. So, so I, uh had New Year's Eve and that was interesting in and of itself and then I was stuck in an airport at the time though so I slept in the airport yeah airport floors not comfortable but I found a, a spot to curl up and slept for like three hours maybe so in the morning sent my cousin a message said hey cuz guess who didn't get on a plane and go to Bali last night like he was supposed to so back to her place she uh, i caught the train most of the way and she picked me up at the end of the train line on the sea bus and here i'm in canada and everyone's asking me what are you gonna do i don't know i don't think i'm going to bali i don't think i'm going to southeast asia although i might 
I have a ticket back from Japan and I actually need to go to Japan because I've got permanent residency there and which requires going back once a year and I might still resettle there depending on how things end up in Canada. But for now, I'm thinking, you know, I had all this plan to go. I wanted to travel the region. I was leaving before I left. Well, maybe I should travel the region I'm coming back to now that I'm back. And maybe this is the God's way of saying, hey, Jay, stop screwing with the Bally thing, man. <laughs> and uh, I don't actually believe in the gods. And I really did want to go to Bali. But, you know, part of choosing happiness in life is, is setting an intention to do something. And when it doesn't happen, dropping your expectations of that and then just rolling with the punches and coming up with it. And as I said at the start, that's kind of my, my, my uh, focus right now in life. And, you know, it sucked sleeping on the floor of an airport. But on the other side of that, I just have four awesome days. Like, I, I felt so refreshed after those four days seeing friends and family and coming to Vancouver, which is such a beautiful city. And the vibe here is, like, really, like, uh, Australia is pretty conservative. Like, it's very safe, but it's also very sterile, as I'd say. Vancouver is a little rough around the edges, and Canadians are a little rough around the edges, but they're friendly and open and more, a little more fun. But there's also Vancouver. There's so many tourists and travelers. I've talked to people from other countries and stuff, and, and I am the outsider here. I'm the friendly outsider. You know, everyone else has been on the ground. They've been doing what they've been doing. I've been away for 20 years, and I mean, I, there's a few cultural references where people have said something, and I've, they've gone over my head. So, why do I need to leave? Why do I need to go to Bali or anywhere? I mean, that was my plan. Does that mean I need to do that still? I, I don't know. I don't think so think instead I'm gonna go see some family and friends in this beautiful place where I'm from and I'm gonna to talk to some Canadians and on this on this journey that was supposed to be like a, this podcast that was supposed to be a documentation of my trip back to Canada more than getting to Canada instead which is why it's like the fourth time I, I've like had to rethink it and re-record it well I didn't record them all those other times but I mean I kept having every time my cha plans changed I kept thinking oh I'm gonna to have to like change how I do the the podcast and oh I'm gonna have to do it well now I'm realizing I'm in the country I wanted to be in my destination it's beautiful I don't have the pressures of a job right now I do have a place to stay at my cousins like that's my address um, for now and and soon I'll have it to myself as she's moving to New Orleans with her husband temporarily for a couple of years um, and so I have the means to travel around this place and I have the financial ability to do so for a little while, though not as long as I would have had in Asia. And I have the friends and family and the citizenship to do it. And it's like, maybe I just needed all that other stuff to happen for me to like, like cast the cobwebs off my eyes and realize this is what I probably should have planned all along. I think it was just the fear of the cold, because it's cold, but that's why I didn't. But. So overall, I'm rolling with the punches. I'm still in Vancouver. It's January 1st, 2020. And I was supposed to be there December 20th or in Valley December 26th, 2019. But hey, them's the breaks, aren't they? And I've had a great time so far. I'm still having a great time. Um, and I'm filming podcasts and I'm feeling pretty good about life overall. Gotta buy some warm clothes. But I'm going to see more friends. I'm going to see more family. I'm going to see more of this beautiful country that I love to be from and I'm so proud of. And, uh, and I think that's how I'm going to end it. I'm the friendly outsider, proud to be goddamn Canadian. Yeah, take it easy, brothers and sisters. I love you all. And be kind to someone when you have the chance to be angry or kind today.